I'm Ana Zena, and you're listening to the Stay Fit, Stay Lit podcast. If you're ready to take your fitness, your body, and your life to the next level, then this is the place to be. And I'm so excited you're here, so now let's begin. What really matters in life? Let's talk about it. I'm Amina Zena. Welcome to the Stay Fit, Stay Lit podcast. If it's your first time listening, who am I? I'm your new best friend. I'm Amina. That's my real name is Zena. And I have been a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, entrepreneur, musician, DJ for 14 years now. I was living in New York City for eight years. I've been living in Amsterdam for four I'm recording out of my dream home, two-bedroom apartment in Amsterdam. It's beautiful. I really won the lottery. And that's the thing. I'm so good at manifesting things when it doesn't make sense. My life has been a paradox catch-22. I think that's part of my purpose. My entire life has been a complete paradox. And I live life through this existential lens. I realize I know that career matters and health matters and friends and family matters and the environment matters. But every day I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die one day. So what matters? How do I wanna spend my time right now? Who do I wanna spend it with, doing what? Personally, I wanna have fun every day. I wanna make the world a better place. I care about people and I care about social issues and I care about injustice and helping people reach that, but ultimately I care about myself the most. I wanna look good, feel good, and have fun every day. And that for me means going to the gym. My job is mad fun. I teach fitness classes, I work at a gym. Well, actually I don't work at a gym. I used to work at gyms in New York all the time. Okay, not to be confusing, but I do teach at a spin studio. I consider a boutique though, that's not necessarily a gym. A gym is, in my mind, a place where there's free weights and dumbbells and people go to do more of their own workout. Some gyms have classes. I always worked at gyms that taught classes. But yeah, I'm always gonna be teaching in-person classes. That's something I always want to do. But yeah, I'd say at this point in time, I don't really wanna work at a gym, I prefer boutiques, you know what I mean? But uh, I do online coaching, I have personal training clients, I make courses, I forgot that I like work online now, I'm like, oh shoot, because in New York, every single day I'd be in a gym, but I realized as much as I love the gym, I also love doing things online. I also would think that I just wanna do things that are fun every day. I wanna be in the gym, but not all day every day, it's just that. Doing something you love doesn't mean you have to do it all day, every day. That's also something. You don't have to do something 24 seven, 365 for it to be valuable or worth it or profitable even. That's the thing, you can create it. What would be a good life for you? Visualize it right now. That's how you make it happen. And for me, I wanna have a hot man in my life. And you already know, I wanna have a hot, sexy boyfriend or husband or whatever. The label doesn't matter so much to me. If I have kids, then yes, that's my husband. If I don't have kids, then that's just my man, right? That's just kind of how I would see it. So that matters to me. Looking good for myself and for him matters to me. Being healthy, being as capable and as sharp as possible mentally matters to me. And doing things that I find enjoyment in and make progress in because I think the best way to enjoy something is to see yourself getting better at it. Because in the beginning of something, you're not gonna be that good at it. And it's frustrating and it's not fun when you suck at something. But if you can stick through it, if you trust that vision you have and you know it's gonna make you happy, and if sticking to your vision means a few months of sucking at it at first, then that's what you have to do. 
Like I learned how to DJ by going to take DJ lessons at this place called Dub Spot in New York. The school is closed down now, but it was super cool. This DJ lab and they teach you how to DJ on vinyls because DJing is about you using your ears and hearing. And nowadays all these DJs are on computers and there's a lot of like recorded sets that they play and, and whatever. We're not gonna get into the politics of the DJ game. But DJing originated as two vinyls where you had to use your ears to beat match. So that's how I started. And at the beginning I was really terrible. And I remember sitting in the back of the classroom just being so like, ugh, I'm so ready to play shows. I don't even wanna go through this process because I wasn't good at first. But guess what? After like three months, I became really great at DJing and turned it into a career that brought me to Amsterdam. You know what I mean? I, I got through New York. I was playing shows every weekend, festivals, came to Amsterdam playing shows, festivals. Then the pandemic hit and now things are a little different. But you see what I'm saying is if I didn't go through that stage of allowing myself to suck for a few months, I wouldn't have been able to live the dream that I knew was gonna make me happy. We all have a vision and we all know what's gonna make us happy, but you have to have the courage and the bravery to take those first steps. And the thing is, is that even if you've taken your first steps, even if you've mastered something, you still have to keep taking the steps if you wanna stay the master of it. So that's why it's really important to do something you actually enjoy doing because the only way to master anything is to do it enough to get good at it. You gotta get good enough at it to enjoy it fully. Because, okay, sometimes I'll go bowling, random. I don't even like bowling like that, but you know, I'll probably hit a strike here and there and like whatever, but it's not something that I love to do. There's no way you'd catch me at a bowling alley two, three times a week. There's a level of interest that you have to have in something and you know in your intuition what it should be. Like for me, I've been teaching spin classes for 14 years now and I've done other groups of, uh, other types of group fitness. I was a Zumba instructor. I've taught boot camps of all kinds. I've taught any type of fitness class, surf set class. I've taught, I wasn't supposed to teach yoga because I'm not certified, but I remember one time when I was working at Crunch, the yoga teacher didn't show up, so I had to teach yoga. Another time it happened where I had to teach step, you know, the step where you do the step, I don't, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the step, step class. Because I worked at Crunch in New York City and it was known for having all these different fun classes. I mean, it's still there. And I taught like all of them, but the one that really stuck for me and has stuck for me is cycling, spinning, and lifting weights. Being a personal trainer and teaching spin are the two forms of fitness that have always stuck with me through all of it. Anti-gravity yoga, and I did moon boots training and trampoline fitness, TRX. I mean, I use the TRX all the time, but at one point I was a TRX instructor. So you'll know what it is for you. And sometimes you won't know till you start doing it a few times or even a few years. Like I didn't know spin was gonna take me this far or stick like this. I, I couldn't have predicted it in the beginning, but I did have a pretty strong feeling about it when I first started. Like my intuition told me, I remember I became a spin instructor because I was at the gym in college and there was a sign on the wall that said they were looking for instructors. And I saw that sign and I was like, yo, I should do this. So I went to a spin class First time I went, I was terrible. I died, I sucked at it, but I was thinking, yo, I could actually do this. Got my certification and there was an audition, five people audition, I got the one spot because it was meant for me. And then in college, I remember I was studying for broadcast news. I had an internship at CBS News. Like I was doing it, you know, I was really up there living in Washington DC, interning, working at TV stations, but it wasn't that fun for me. 
it really wasn't. I was like, this seems like it should be fun. Everybody's telling you it should be fun because you're on TV and you're on camera, but I don't really like talking about what they talk about on the news. I don't care about politics that much. I don't care about informing America about certain things and talking in a fake news reporter voice. Like that doesn't seem that fun to me. Back to you, like that's not really for me. And I felt it in my soul and I left to do the thing I really wanted to do, which was teach spin. And I remember in college, I was like, I wish this could just be my job. And then I was like, oh, cool, I could just do that. And I've been a full-time entrepreneur for 14 years because I was like, that sounds fun. And that seems like something I would want to do. And it is, to this day, I really sincerely enjoy doing it. So that's what you have to find for yourself if you wanna have fun. And I think you can add that equation to anything in your life. Like same with relationships. You know, I'm not saying I'm a relationship expert and anything like that, but Find somebody that you just really like hanging out with and being in love with, being in bed with, because that's really what a romantic relationship is, right? Long story short, whether you have kids or not, y'all spend time together because you're friends, you're lovers, and that's it. If those two things ain't it, let it go. If it ain't it, let it go. Like If it's not the best friend and the best sex of your life, what are you even doing, to be real? Woo, gonna cause a breakup. But honestly, you, that's what we all deserve. We all deserve. And that, the thing is, deserve is a strong word because somebody's energy in your life is a privilege. You deserve a relationship when you've done the necessary healing to be in one that's gonna be helpful for you. But hey, sometimes relationships aren't meant to be helpful as much as they are meant to teach you. Okay, it's always helpful to learn something. I should say, you know, take that back. But you know what I'm saying? Some relationships you're in when you're not healed and you're not healthy and you learn from those, but those aren't necessarily the most satisfying or happy or fulfilling and maybe they teach you the importance of having something happy and satisfying and fulfilling. The not so great relationships, and just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it was wrong or wasn't for you, but some of them aren't as good as others and that's just the truth. And you live and you learn and you extract what was good and you look at what was bad and you make sure not to repeat that pattern and you look out to avoid it in the next person, right? And it's the same with any other thing, your career, well, we just talked about that. Your body, like when it comes to making a fitness routine, I believe in strength training, lifting weights, and doing some cardio. Like my whole mindset is bodybuilding. Like I'm not a traditional bodybuilder. I'm not even into necessarily the sort of physique that is built through the traditional bodybuilding where the girls sort of have broader shoulders and more narrow hips. I like to have bigger hips I, you know, I want my my hips to be bigger than my shoulders. Like I like having an hourglass. Like I like looking like an Instagram baddie. Like honestly, that's like my look. <laughs> because at one point in time, I was like morbidly obese. If you don't know my story, I was huge. I was like a size 22 US. And then at my leanest, when I first moved to New York, I was all about getting shredded. Like I wanted to identify as shredded. And at that point, I probably could have been a more traditional bodybuilder because I was very skinny, like skinty. I was uh, pushing a size six, you know, anything on the street, I was wearing size small, size small leggings, size small shirts. You know, my boobs went from like a C to a B, almost an A, like at one point I was like almost flat chested. So like I got really skinny and I had a base that I could have built. You know, I, I wanted to rebuild my body at a certain point. After like three years of being skinny, I was like, you know what? Okay, I enjoy this body. It was cool to be that lean and it was sustainable. I did it in a healthy, sustainable way, mainly just through a paleo. I was very into the paleo. I was eating almost no starchy carbs. Honestly, the truth is 
keto to me is not sustainable, but very low starchy carb is sustainable. And that was my mindset. It wasn't that I was eating no carbs, but the only bread I would eat would be Ezekiel bread. Like I'd eat sprouted grains. I'd have brown rice. Uh, and that was it. Like that was sort of the, my main sources of carbs. And then the other carbs like that I would eat would be fruit. It was fruit and vegetables. So every day chicken, brown rice, vegetables and fruit. And then, like I said, my Ezekiel bread. So I had a lot of fat. It was like a modified keto in a sense. It wasn't a caloric deficit at all. I was still eating tons of protein. I was eating, you know, tons of fruit. Yeah, I was still getting carbs and sugar. I was just eating almost no processed, like high glycemic, like fake, any sort of white bread. I stayed away from white bread at all costs. I stayed away from like chips and candy and cake. Like I just ate really clean and again, emphasis on like very, like no starch in my diet. And so I was very lean for three years and then I wanted to rebuild. And so then I built my butt and that's where I started realizing, oh cool, I can still be a certain level of leanness and still have these foods and have the physique I want. So now I'm much more like where I wanna be and that is having curves. That is having, it's I have a flat stomach, you can see my abs, but I have my butt, right? Like I'm more like a size 10 medium large now. I do eat fries. I have starch almost every day now. I have cake and I, you know, I don't eat as low carb as I did. I'm not mindful about my carbs like that at all and that that's more sustainable for me now. But at the time because I really wanted to be shredded and that was fun for me and it gave me an opportunity to do different things athletically because here's the truth, like if you want to be an athlete of any kind and I do consider myself a kind of an athlete performance will be different based on your body type. It's just the truth. Like you have to have certain sort of ergonomical components to do certain exercises. Like that's why if you look at female athletes, they aren't super curvy. They don't have mad fat on them, depending on what it is. Like if you want to be like a CrossFit athlete and you're a girl, you're going to be jacked. You're going to have mad huge shoulders. You're going to have the six pack. You're going to be ripped. You know, certain athletes, if you're a sumo wrestler, okay, you're gonna have fat on your body. But sort of the things I was into at the time, more plyometrics, push-ups with claps, and doing pull-ups and calisthenics, I was really into push-ups for a long time. Like at one time, I lost a bet to these trainers at the gym. They were like, we bet you can't do 300 push-ups in less than an hour, and I didn't. It might've been 500. It was somewhere between three and 500 push-ups but it took me like 90 minutes to complete the challenge. I did them all off the knees, by the way, and I was doing like sets of 10. So it, it, that seems like, I mean, three to 500 push-ups seems like a lot, but when you're doing sets of 10, 10 sets of 10 is 100, right? And I would take like two or a minute to two minutes in between sets because it doesn't take that long to do a set of 10 push-ups. Like it might take you 30 seconds max, right? So an hour, 90 minutes spent, if that's all you're doing for the day, and that was my whole workout of the day, it was just push-ups. I didn't do anything else. Like at one point in time, like the reason I was super lean, it wasn't just for aesthetics, it was because I wanted to fully maximize what it meant to be in the gym. Like I wanted to be an athlete, I wanted to try everything. I wanted to do like box jumps, and I wanted to do all these things, and do pull-ups, and be fast, and be super fit, and run, and I was really, really, really into, I mean, I'm a trainer. So at one point in time, like I just took shit to the next level so I could teach people from the next level. And and also seeing what it really felt like 
to get lean and get shredded and what it would take diet wise and how it could happen. And honestly, I was having some cheat meals and cheat things when I was lean and shredded, but just not as much now. And that is reflection in how I look. Like there's no denying it. What you eat in private, you wear in public. If you have more body fat on you, it's sometimes though, if you're under eating, your body will store fat. So it's not always that you're overeating when you're fat, but it's like, if you are very intentional about hitting your body weight in grams of protein every day, if you're really taking supplements, if you're really like measuring shit out the way I really did, you'll really get shredded. If you're not as conscious, if you're not measuring, you're not gonna get the same results. And you see that in public. It's not that you're not eating clean. It's not that you're, it just means that you're not being very conscious of what you're eating. Because if you are extremely conscious of your food, you will get results. But it takes really, truly everything you eat is a level of consciousness. You can't snack and graze and shit if you really want results. Like, that's just the truth. You can't mindlessly snack and expect to have this amazing physique. But you can mindlessly snack. It's like, if you want to be a 10 out of 10 pro-card bodybuilder, no mindlessness. Everything you put in your mouth, you're thinking about it. But if you're cool with being like 7 out of 10, but yeah, there's a little mindless snacking in there. And then let's say like five and five out of 10 and less is you just don't give a fuck at all. Like five out of 10 is just, meh, you don't care. You just eat when you eat, right? So it's like, if you're not gonna have any level of structure to your food, don't expect much. But even with a little bit, it can take you a long way. And if you are extremely structured, well, then you get the best results. So it just depends. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, honestly. Um, one is not better than the other. I love both my body types. I love that I... I can do both, I will do both, but it's about doing what's gonna make you happy right now. And I'm happy with where I'm at right now. I've been through so many phases with my body. I know what it's like to not like it. I'm so far away from that. I'm forever away from that, but I also have a limit of how big I'm willing to get, and which isn't that big. Like I give myself one pant size up from where I'm normally at, which is like a size 10. Or I have a 20, 29 inch waist on a real good day. Let's say 30 inch waist. Like that's really the realistic version. 30 inch waist. So my measurements are 36 around my boobs, 30 around my waist, and then let's say like 44 around my hips. I'll give myself one inch, two inch leeway. That's it. Two inches is pushing it. Two inches is about a pant size. So if I see my measurements too many days in a row is up an inch or two, time to pull it back down a bit. And that usually for me means just cutting back on any sort of high glycemic or refined carbs. Because once you've been fat, your fat cells apparently never disappear. And that means if you're eating high glycemic foods, there's a higher chance that that energy gets stored into your fat cells. Because understanding the glycemic index of food is important because high glycemic carbs go into your bloodstream quickly and they leave quickly. And they're good if you're about to do a workout, there's a reason athletes drink Gatorade because it's providing them sugar and electrolytes instantly. Sugar and salt hits their body instantly and they use it as instant fuel to sprint, right? But let's say you're just sitting at home and you just have high glycemic, let's say a piece of candy. You have some sugar, you have a Hershey's kiss. And then because you're not really using the energy, it just could get end up getting stored in your body as energy, which is fat, right? It's not gonna get stored as protein because in order to build protein, it's not gonna get stored as muscle because muscle is protein. You need to eat more protein if you wanna build muscle. But 
Being mindful of the glycemic index is important. High glycemic carbs, there's a time and place for that. You wanna be very aware of your timing before you eat a high glycemic carb. Like a banana is good before a workout because it's a high glycemic carb. It's natural, it's a good source of natural sugar, but it's going to like spike your blood sugar up and then it's gonna leave your system quickly. That's why it would have been good for a workout. Whereas like a cup of brown rice and broccoli, well that's mad low glycemic or middle glycemic. So it's not gonna spike your blood sugar as fast. It's gonna come into your body and be a slower paced, slower sustained form of energy. So if you wanna get lean in a lot of cases, it's not for everybody, but like if you keep all your carbs low glycemic, you're gonna be leaner because there's less chance, almost no chance of that energy getting stored in your body as fat. So understanding that, and that, and again, you can overeat brown rice and broccoli and things like that 100%. It's just a lot harder to eat, overeat brown rice and broccoli than it is like a donut, refined high glycemic processed carb. You can easily overeat donuts, right? Like if you have two or three donuts, I mean, that could easily be like 800 calories that could be a thousand calories, a piece of cake, it didn't fill you up, it's, there's no nutrients, it just went into your bloodstream and spiked your blood sugar, and now you're becoming pre-diabetic, whereas like, good luck eating 800 calories of broccoli. Good luck eating 800 calories of Ezekiel bread. Ugh, one or two pieces, I'm good. I had enough for the day. Have you ever had Ezekiel bread? I mean, it's good for you, it's sprouted grain bread, but it's just, some shit is too healthy. It's not even that it tastes bad, but it's just, it's like your body's like, okay, I have fiber, I have nutrients, I'm healthy. Like your hunger cues go off and you're like, I'm good now. I actually ate nutrients. So like, I'm not like out here searching for more. Whereas if you eat high glycemic sugar, your body's just gonna keep searching for more nutrients and stuff. So man, where was this going? We were talking about doing what you love, doing what you wanna do. But yeah, if you really want to lean out, that would, to me be the biggest thing. And then you have to make sure you're eating enough protein, about one pound of protein per body weight. That's why being leaner is actually easier to be more athletic because you don't need to eat as much to maintain your muscle mass. That's also why athletes are lean. Well, because they're working out so much, but it is easier maintenance wise. Like the less, it's like the more muscle you have is important, but like being 160 pounds of muscle is easier to maintain than 200 pounds of muscle. You know, that that's a 40 gram protein difference. That's, you know, 500 calories every day difference. So it depends on the sport, it depends on what you want, it depends on what you have the budget for, how you feel, what feels good to you. So getting to a place where you feel good in your body, getting to a place where you feel good in your life, because nothing really fucking matters. Nothing matters, we're gonna die. All you have is the now, all you have is the time that's here around you right now. And who do you wanna be in that space with? Who do you wanna be as in that space? Like, how do you wanna show up? How do you wanna show up for yourself? Get dressed, that's it. I love that, I saw that on Instagram. It was like, the best way to romanticize your life is to just dress up a bit. That's why I'm wearing an actual dress right now as I record this podcast. I decided on Sunday, it's my day to sleep in and chill, but I'm still gonna dress up every weekend, I have to. Because as a trainer, especially, every day I'm sweating and I'm in sweatpants and I wear cute workout clothes, 100%, but sometimes you just need to put on a dress and some makeup or some jeans and some boots. Like It feels good to dress in normal people clothes. So if you are the type of person that gets to wear normal people clothes every day, romanticize your life a bit. 
especially if you live in new york i don't know why in new york city if you leave the house on some bum shit you're like missing out on opportunities and i get it because it's new york and sometimes you just gotta go but like every day in new york i'd see so many people that were dressed so well and some people that were just dressed so bad and i was like i get it sometimes in new york well actually i don't get it i can never relate to it i feel like a lot of times locals or people that just live there kind of take new york for granted and i get it it's just a place every place is just a place but it's new york it's a fashion capital i love the fashion there i wouldn't want to miss a chance to be a part of that culture to flex, not on anybody, to flex on yourself and to just feel the full New York experience comes down to how good your outfit is. It really does. Like, and, and even to get into certain clubs, like I had some clubs, some parties I was DJing where some of my friends couldn't get in because the bouncer, the doorman wasn't happy with their outfits. And I hated that. I was like, I'm the DJ. I brought 30 people to this place and you're telling two of them they can't come in and I felt so bad but they were saying this dude was wearing the wrong type of cargo pants and his sneakers were dirty and they are really hard on men but I've been kicked out of a club before for being overdressed I'm not even kidding because they were going for a more like grungy like everybody getting in the club was definitely more it was like a 90s alternative like denim grunge look and I was wearing like a sequins dress like I, I looked more like I guess like not prom queen, but definitely downtown meatpacking girl dress. Like I had a sequins dress on and stiletto heels. So actually I went to another club that night that was more of my dress code and it was great. Met the promoters, we had bottles, we had tables, it was fine. But yeah, New York is really weird about the dress code and Paris is also, and I love Paris. I love Paris style. I think for me, the best style is New York, Paris, and London. Those are my three favorite, like, ugh, I totally always have outfits for those cities. I feel like those are my best outfits. I do some cute beach ass, beach ass, beach outfits. It's like 1 a.m. I got the space heater on me. That space heater is getting me high. Oh, I feel so good. Um, Amsterdam has fashion. Nah, yeah. It's because everybody's on bikes. So there's a lot of athleisure. It's definitely an athleisure fashion. But as far as like pushing any fashion, every now and then, yes, there is fashion in Amsterdam, but it's not a fashion capital. So I do miss living in New York for that reason. It's every weekend my outfits were on point. Shopping in New York is so fun. Having outfits in New York is so fun. Whereas in Amsterdam, there's always a level of practicality. There's always a level of cozy hominess to it, which is also nice. It's, But I, I do actually feel since moving to Amsterdam, that is something almost like a sacrifice, I would say, close to being a sacrifice. And you can dress up in Amsterdam, like nobody's stopping you, but it's just, it, there's like sort of a collective agreement where it's like, eh, you don't have to try that hard and it's about comfort. And on a day-to-day -day basis, it does feel nice to know that you don't need to be to the nines everywhere you go. But there is something about being to the nines everywhere you go. There is something about that that does something to your spirit. So I'm all for it. And even when I go to the gym now, I still try to do a little bit of like a cat eye and I'll, I'll only wear like, you know, my Lululemons. I want Lululemon to sponsor me. Can y'all sponsor me? I love it. Uh, but yeah, I try to just keep it clean and cool and wear the best stuff because feeling good about yourself matters. I feel like all I've been talking about is like image. Maybe that's just, I mean, it matters. Acting like it doesn't matter isn't healthy. It matters. So this is a safe space to talk about these things. We all wanna have our hair done, our nails done. We all wanna look young. I go to red light therapy almost every day so I can look young. I go to cryotherapy so I can 
freeze my body and feel good. Actually, I go to cryotherapy more for my mental health. I go because I need to keep my body in tip top shape, but I also go because that shit is a hard reset on your central nervous system. Cryotherapy is like mental health therapy because when you're in that chamber, it's negative 110. If you don't know what cryotherapy is, it's a form of very cold air. Some people take ice baths and and I don't do the ice bath. I don't wanna get wet like that. So I go into this chamber, it's just cold air, but it's negative 110 degrees Celsius, which is like negative 170 Fahrenheit. And it's freezing for three minutes and it feels, it's crazy as fuck, I'm not gonna lie. It's not always comfortable. Sometimes you feel really zen in there. Sometimes it feels like pins and needles on your skin. You go in wearing as little clothing as possible. They give you something to cover your ears and your extremities, but you wanna go in like shorts and a sports bra is usually what I go in. But wow, when you get out, you have completely reset your central nervous system. The inflammation is out of your brain and it has helped me through so many things because it just puts you into this primal state of being and it it just is like, okay, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. If you can regulate your emotions when your body should be in the most terrorized state, like you're freezing in that state, that temperature could kill you. If you're in that chamber too long, it could kill you. So your body wants to go into fight or flight but your mind becomes regulated. It's like you're regulating through this near-death experience and it makes you become the most powerful version of yourself in that moment. You're like, whoa, I can actually overcome anything. I'm overcoming like death right now, the fear of death. That's what I've learned in cryotherapy. That's some deep-ish, man. Yo, Freeze Lab better give me a discount, man. I'm, I'm selling it right now, but... uh no, that's the thing too. I want them to stay in business for my own benefit. So y'all go to Freeze Lab in Amsterdam. But I have learned that in cryotherapy. It's really helped me confront the existentialism that we're all just constantly in. It all boils down to that. We existentially somewhere. And yeah, if you have a, a crush or a friend or someone you love, spend as much time with them as you can. Look as good as you can for yourself. Go to as many concerts, paint as many pictures, do as many hobbies as you can. Use the good dishes. Get the expensive rug. Like get the get the good stuff. Like like be cheap when you need to be. Like yeah, be cheap with your duct tape and your toilet paper. Don't be cheap with your couch. Don't be cheap with your bed. Don't be cheap with your food. Don't be cheap with the stuff that you really use and love and want like Get a phone that you want to actually use. You know what I mean? The stuff you're actually gonna use every day all the time should be your best. That's why it's like the sneakers I wear every day are the best sneakers I have. I invested, you know, 100 euros into my two favorite pair of black leggings because that's what I'm gonna wear all the time every day, right? Like you should be cheap with your going out shit. That, that, let me tell you all that. Things I should have knew in my 20s because sometimes in New York, I'd buy a dress for like 100 bucks that I'd only wear once which is fine, the, the quality is nice and we do a photo shoot, and it's, but it's like, no, you should be buying your, your going out clothes should be like 20 bucks and the coat you wear every day should be like 500 bucks, you know what I mean? Like invest in your everyday stuff and then your sometimes stuff should be the cheaper stuff. But I had that flip backwards when I was 20. It was like, oh, I'm a fitness instructor. Let me get these cheap ass leggings, but then go spend $200 on a pair of stiletto shoes that like nobody even gives a fuck about. <laughs> right like nah so make sure that you're spending your your money investing in the right clothes first and it's more sustainable i recently went and instead of buying new leggings i fixed like five pairs 
of old ones I had that had a hole and it cost 50, 50 euros, but I fixed five pairs of leggings. It was like, I got five pairs and I could have spent 50 euros and got one new pair. So sustainability, my friends. I really don't even know where this episode went today, but I hope you enjoyed it. This space heater, like I said, I have the space heater on and it's just, oh, it's making me too comfy, man. We high on life out here. Do what you want, love doing it. It's that simple. Don't make it harder than that. Don't be stressed about the future. You don't know it. You don't know the outcome. You can hope for it. You can plan for it. You can manifest for it, but you don't know the outcome. You'll never know how or when you're going to get the manifestation or meet the person, but you will meet the person. So focus on the feeling of feeling like you have that person. You don't know how or when your fitness results will start to show, but they will. One day you'll look in the mirror and you're going to see the clear before and after that you want. You don't know how or when you'll fall into your dream job, but one day you'll turn a corner or click an ad online or a friend will call for a job or you'll meet a person at a bar and give them, they'll give you their card. It doesn't matter how or when it'll happen, but it will. Just focus on feeling what you want to feel. Go into your own inner vision and then take the steps to bring that to life and the universe will meet you halfway. It's all 50-50. You take the first few steps and you'll be met halfway with what you're meant to have. All right, y'all, I'm out. Make sure you check out my show notes if you're interested in personal training or learning more about my course so you can teach yourself how to get fit and how to stay lit. I'll see you soon. Have a good day or a good night or a good moment or a good life. Have a good now. And now it's goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you learned something useful and enjoyed what you listened to. And if you did, please feel free to take a screenshot of today's episode and post it in your Instagram stories. And be sure to tag me at Aminazina underscore fitness because I want to meet you and I want to shout you out. So thanks again. And until the next time, stay fit, stay lit.